Hi there, and welcome to episode 40 of the T21 Mum podcast, another quarantine episode. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we'll talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's seven years old and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. And as always, my friend and co-host Ron is also joining us today. Hey, Mary. Things hey, have changed. Things have changed a little since we last chatted. Oh, has it ever? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to just let's just dive right in and you tell me what it is that's been going on and tell the listeners because it's like, I mean, you and I have chatted a little bit in the intervening period between episodes, but not a lot. Well, yeah, because I was not well last week where there wasn't an episode because I wasn't feeling so great. And I thought, oh, well, we'll do an episode about what our new normal is, you know? And, and how new normal was that for you? Well, you mean, what is our current new normal? Well, your current, your current normal has been determined by what happened last week. Yes. Well, I started not feeling great. Um, a couple Saturdays ago, two Saturdays ago, I guess. And I suddenly got really, really tired and I kind of felt a little bit warm, but I didn't actually really have a fever. And, you know, of course, with everything going on, I, you know, I check the CDC site, Center for Disease Control, the BC CDC. I didn't really have like really any of the symptoms, but I still felt crappy on Sunday. And then Monday I thought, you know, I'm really tired and I, I'm going to call in sick to work, but I need to know if Ainsley can go to daycare. So I thought I better go get tested because if she can't go to daycare, I, I kind of need, I, well, I kind of need to know if she can't go to daycare. So I went and got tested for COVID. And how did that turn out for you? Well, it wasn't really what I was expecting. I actually tested positive for COVID. Right, right. So, and but you were partially asymptomatic because you weren't feeling like you. This thing hadn't knocked you flat on your back. This was just like an uncomfortable cold, right? Well, it was kind of weird because the lethargy kind of it came on very sudden, and. And I, and I was really tired for a good couple of days, uh, each day a little bit better. And I felt feverish, although I didn't really ever technically have a fever. Like they only register a fever above in Celsius is above 38. And I was always like 37.9. And I think one time I was 38.3, like just barely. But I thought, you know, I've been really careful, but who knows, right? So I called and found a place nearby that I could get tested. And it's all very surreal because you they set up an appointment for you. And then I get into the parking lot and then you have to call a special number. And then they ask you a bunch of questions. And meanwhile, I'm crying thinking, if I have COVID, I'm thinking about 
all the people that I possibly could have impacted by this. And it's really scary. And then they say, okay, we'll call you back when they're ready. And then when they're ready for you, they tell you to go down to the side door and it's got COVID written on it. And, you know, they got hand sanitizer when you first come in and everyone's gowned up and masked and, and then you do the test. And and how did they do the test for you? Because I, I know there's like a couple of different ways. Um, they do the big, deep, long nasal swab yeah. thingy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did and ask. And there's nothing comfortable about, <clears throat> excuse me, there's nothing comfortable about that, right? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't really that bad. Um, you know, and I asked the doctor, I said, you know, is there like, can't, is there not a way that can't they just do a, like a throat swab and a nasal swab? And they, he actually said no, because I guess where the illness actually resides, it's quite deep into the throat that you wouldn't be able to get it unless you go through the nose. So yeah. So good times. Yeah. So and, and once you'd been tested, how long did it take to get the results? And, and how were you feeling during this whole, that waiting period? Well, I was pretty anxious and because, you know, Dennis had been, this was Monday at this point and Dennis had been around all weekend, you know, and, and even he said, Oh, I wouldn't, you know, I even asked him, do you think I should get tested? He goes, no. Nah. And, but I just, I just thought I needed to know 100%. And, you know, they, they said it could take 48 hours, but, um, they were going to expedite my, uh, my results or my tests because I, of the work that I do, because I'm a, a frontline worker. And so, but I checked later that afternoon, I didn't see any results. And then I was actually in bed and it was, I don't know, 1130 at night. And I, um, I opened it up fully expecting it to say that it, it was negative and it said it was positive and it totally shocked me because even the nurse, when she did the swab, she said, you don't really have any of the red flags. Like, you know, they, when you first go in, you know, they check your heart rate, which was elevated. Cause I was so nervous. I, you know, I'd been crying thinking about like, you know, what if Ainsley has it? What if Nona has it? Like, you know, my workplace, like, it's crazy when you think about it. And, and, and my fever at that point, if you even call it a fever was only 38.3, which I don't even think they kind of registered that as a COVID fever. And she didn't think I really had the red flags. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's just something else. And then like you the know, regular I, flu. Yeah. But I didn't feel achy or anything. It just really, really tired. And, um, I did out of cough and I had a sore throat and, my lymph nodes were very, very swollen and they were very, very sore. And I don't even know if that's a sign actually, because I was looking on the website and I had some of the symptoms, but not all. And yeah. So then when I see that it's positive, I'm going, there's all these, like now all these things are racing through my mind. So I quickly phoned Dennis and he was really shocked and I said, you have to, you have to quarantine and you should get, you should probably get tested too. I mean, he wasn't showing any signs. So then I got to call my work and then I got to tell them where I was sitting and 
you know, who was I sitting with over the last couple of days? And then I called our pediatrician. Like I, I just called her office. I knew nobody would be there at that hour. It was like after midnight at this point, I'm crying because I'm thinking this is not going to be good if Ainsley ends up with COVID because, you know, people with Down syndrome tend to not do great with respiratory illnesses and they tend to be more susceptible to respiratory illnesses. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like your whole world just turns upside down in literally a moment. So the, the moment, how did you, like the moment that you saw that it was positive, how were you, what was the first things that were going through your head? Well, I actually had to look at it, I think, two or three more times because I honestly thought I was reading it correctly. I go, positive? It's positive? What? And then... And does positive mean it's negative? (laughs) Well, yeah, right? And it was kind of mind-numbing at that point. Like, I'm going, oh my gosh, because I'm thinking... Like, you just start thinking about where have you been, the people you've been in contact with. I mean, really, I haven't been in contact with anybody except Dennis and Ainsley. And, but it's scary when you think about, like, that now that you have this illness that is this pandemic that we're going through, and how how is it going to ride out for me? And what's going to happen to Ainsley? Because one of my fears was, what if I get really sick? Who's going to care for Ainsley? I mean, I'm sure my family would have stepped up. I mean, I don't have doubt about that, any doubt about that. But you think about that. And then I was also thinking about, well, what if she gets it? Because that's kind of scary. So, And and let's throw this out there right now. Like, she got tested, Dennis got tested, and what were their results? So that people aren't going to be sitting there going, you know, sitting there in the great drama of waiting. Yeah. Yeah, waiting to find out about them. Well, they are both negative. Okay. So, which is awesome. And then, and we can talk a bit more about it in a minute, but Nona was also negative too. She ended up getting tested, but it was sort of due to something else that happened. It's just been a kind of a gong show of a week. But, you know, because like then the next day after I got my results, so... Tuesday, I called and said, you know, I need to bring in my daughter because I needed to know if Ainsley was positive or not. And Dr. Alley, he, he's the COVID doctor there and he's fantastic. And he, I, you know, I'm crying again on the phone because the test, it's not overly pleasant. It wasn't as awful as I thought it was going to be. It just, you know, I don't think people would voluntarily want to do it. But, you know, I was worried about Ainsley. She has small nasal passages and she's can be a squirmer. But, you know, the nurse that had done my swab the day before, she was there and they had sort of a special swab. <laughs> Ainsley in the background being really loud. Um, they had a special, I guess, like a, a child swab for Ainsley. And it was done, like, it was very quick. It was much faster than when I had mine. And... So I was really thankful about that. And she barely flinched. So that was uh, really great. So, um, (laughs) 
she's obviously feeling well. Yeah, she has had zero symptoms. I mean, but then, of course, when you've tested positive, it sets in motion all these other wheels, I guess. So, you know, you're con- I don't even know how many phone calls I had the next day. Um, because when they got to follow up on you, they got to check on with all your, what your symptoms are, you know, how's your daughter and, uh, you know, like a million and one questions. And then they want to do the contact tracing, you know, but I was very organized because I hadn't really been anywhere. I knew exactly where I'd been and who, and, you know, I'd been at work. I gave them, um, their phone numbers, my, my two coworkers that I was in closer contact with, but we were still safely distanced. And, um, then I gave them Dennis's number, obviously. And, Oh, I'm trying to think, was there anybody else? I had been shopping. So I told them where I had been and she said, you know, I was the most organized out of any of the people she has dealt with. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, I mean, one of, one of the things that happens with this physical distancing, self-isolating or, you know, forced isolating, whatever people want to call it, is you have this smaller group of contacts anyway. Yes. So being able to remember, I mean, I usually keep a little bit of a note notebook as to when I go out shopping so that if if something happens to me and, you know, I collapse and whatever, they'll Mm -hmm. have some kind of a tracing thing about where I've been on what day. Right. right? Yeah. Because, you know, in, in in my case, if, if I were to get it, I would probably get this great headache. And I mean, I'm not big on the whole man flu thing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know how men are when they're sick. Um, but if it was left up to my brothers to look after, they don't know where I've been. So I usually yeah. write it down in my in my calendar as to where I've been on what day and with who. And, you know, so, and that's a really good <laughs> idea and a good, uh, I think, note to self and everyone to just because... Of course, everyone's asking me, well, where did you get it? Yeah. Well, if I knew where I got it, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course, I don't know. I, I honestly thought it was going to be from Ainsley, but she tested and, negative. And and what is like, you've got it. You've reported that you've got it. Mm-hmm. Contact tracing is going on. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you got it. Was there a special interest in your case because you didn't know where you got it? Well, it was actually only in the last day or two. I'm loving hearing her sing, by the way. <laughs> She's having her own little party over there. Um, they weren't initially interested in the previous two weeks. It was only in the last couple of days that they asked me because I knew where I exactly where I had been in the previous two weeks and who I'd been with. And I was surprised that they didn't want to know that right away. But when I was talking to the public health nurse yesterday uh dr bonnie henry who is our provincial health officer brilliant much loved lady yes yes who also wears the most fantastic shoes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all sold out yes exactly and apparently she's most interested in cases such as mine where they don't know where i got it so because they need to figure out where the source is I mean, it could have just come from a shopping cart because I wasn't as diligent over the last two weeks wiping down the cart, whereas I had been before. Right. And so that could have been it. But I also wore a mask when I went shopping over the last few weeks. Initially, I wasn't um, because Ainsley 
won't wear one and I felt a bit weird about it like because if she's not wearing one why would I like why am I wearing one and my kid's not wearing one so but I did start wearing one over the last two weeks which was good that I did because I was infected and that will prevent me from infecting others so who knows what they're going to do they sometimes figure it out and maybe sometimes they don't right but our cases have been low in the province so yeah we, we like bc is one of those places where we started out as one of the hot spots and mm-hmm. everybody in the province pretty much jumped on board and said that's it i'm not leaving my house and so we got a re- like we managed to get it under control quite quickly in bc yes to, to, you know they talk about flattening the curve and you know we have been fairly fortunate that in our population of you know over four million Mm-hmm. You know, we've had like 2,500 cases and 100, I think 162 deaths. Yes. So, and, I mean, you, and you don't want anyone to die, but no, the numbers. But our numbers low. are very low as compared to certainly places like uh, New York, uh, Ontario, Quebec. You know, yeah. Uh, Which we, thankfully the 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 people in, and the people in BC really deserve you know a big chunk of credit for listening to Dr. Bonnie Henry about how, what to do. Oh, yes. I think I, I, you know, everyone should be patting themselves on the back because it's been hard. This has been hard. And, you know, and I'm sure lots of people are seeing like people are getting tired of being at home and I totally get it. And they want their even freedoms. I who, who spend a lot of time alone at home because of the nature of my work and the nature of just who I am. Uh, even I feel like I, I want to get out of my house. Right. Yeah. And yeah so but i think people you know we've gotten this far and we've done this well like like keep like stay the course we can do this and as dr bonnie says it's it's not forever it's just for now but you know in the time when i was finding out that i was infected it's really scary when you're a single parent you know because i can't isolate from ainsley it's impossible so i had to wear a mask all the time at home and they said even after she's gone to bed i should still be wearing the mask because you don't want to how did be ainsley react to the mask you know she only pulled it off once yeah. which i was very surprised at um and i you I mean i took it off when we ate obviously but she was quite good about it so you know and i have tried you know i'm going to try again but i have tried a few times the mask on her and it's just you know it's not going to work but you know we can try well she doesn't like hats either does she no and it's like a total sensory yeah thing yeah. so it, it might be a real it's, it's not challenge. that she's being difficult it's literally like there's probably some something that just doesn't she just doesn't feel right wearing the hat or yeah the mask or, or... and i mean she wears her glasses but yeah so i i don't know like i'll be honest with you with glasses having worn them since I was 10, you just forget about them. <laughs> yeah. And she's very good about putting them on. Like she yeah. takes them off once, you know, sometimes, but she's good about readjusting them if they're not on correctly or putting them on and stuff. So that's, that's good. But, you know, I never thought that I would get COVID and I certainly didn't think I would be patient zero at my workplace. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about Ainsley, her daycare, all those kids that are impacted and there aren't even that many kids there. There's only four kids, 
But then two of the kids during school hours are going over to the school to work on schoolwork. And I think there's maybe eight or 10 children there. So that's, and then there's your bubble getting bigger and bigger. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, like I, it, it horrified me to think that I could be infecting others and children in particular. And well, this is like that old commercial where you say, you know, like, like you tell two friends and then they tell two friends and then they tell two friends and you start to see the the pyramid growing down uh, as those two friends or three friends or whatever. Um, That's how it spreads. Yeah. And like, and until you actually are diagnosed with it, it, I don't think it really hits you how, like it really makes you think about who you could possibly have impacted because I was horrified to think if somebody got really ill and could even die. Like Dennis's mom, Nona, as we call her, you know, she just turned 86 and she has a chronic lung infection that she's had for a very long time. And, you know, COVID is a respiratory illness. It would not bode well with her if she got it, I am sure. Just one, being 86 and also having these lung issues right so it absolutely terrified me that this could happen and and I think Dennis realized too like okay you really do need to isolate and you need to be wearing a mask and yeah it was it was really scary but you know is it sometimes just a kind of like it it, it's unless you have it or know somebody that's had it it's really a bit of an intellectual abstract to, to consider what's there. And it's not until you actually get it from what I understand that you suddenly realize how serious it is. Yeah. And I mean, my symptoms were relatively mild. The first few days I did feel pretty lousy. I just kind of laid on the couch. I was very tired and I felt really warm for a few days and, you know, but then over the next couple of days, I began to feel better. You know, my lymph nodes started going down. Uh, I did have a sore throat and I have a cough, which they say can persist generally for a few weeks. But a nurse yesterday told me like, sometimes it's for months that you could have like the COVID cough. And as long as it's a dry cough, it's okay. You know, but it also made me realize that there are so many people walking around with it and not realizing and that's why it's spreading and that's why like Dr. Bonnie has been so insistent on the physical distancing because you know I if Ainsley didn't have to go to daycare I probably would not have gotten tested I still would have stayed home from work for the 10 days because that's been their new policy and but would I have gone out into the community I don't know right And so that's what's so scary is that people don't necessarily know that they're infected because it's majority of of people, as I was told, their symptoms are relatively mild, like mine. I mean, I didn't feel great. It took, (laughs) it took a few days. (laughs) It took a few days to start feeling better. I mean, I had like an ice pick headache where it felt like I was kept getting stabbed in the side of the head, you know, and that, that was probably the worst part actually you know and so it just made me think that there's lots of people who just probably go yeah I just don't feel quite a hundred percent but 
but it could be so mild that they're not even thinking that they have totally COVID. asymptomatic. Yeah. And that's, and that's what's made this, the pandemic that it is, is that it, it's, it's so scary. Like, whereas the flu, for example, you will get sick relatively quickly once you're infected and you feel it like you feel sick almost right away. So yeah. And, and, you know, and I, to be honest, I didn't really ever want to talk about it publicly, but you know, a couple friends. Yeah, you, I, I, I remember cause you and I were having this little chat online before during that. And then suddenly it must've been when you were in the middle of all this, you didn't really want to talk about it as you, as you said to me in a message, but somebody did something absolutely outrageously wonderful for you. What was that? You got ninjaed. <clears throat> oh yes, I did. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's spreading around, but there's a, a group called BC wine ninjas and it, it's There's only a whole for... YouTube channel devoted to these people, by the way. <laughs> oh, is there? Oh, because I guess because people have started filming themselves and it's, some well, all over and it's all over, you know, North America, maybe in Europe. I haven't seen it from Europe, but I've seen it in. So when you so when you mentioned that you had got it, it was like, oh, wow, somebody's really up on you needing something to cheer you up. Yeah. And I mean, I obviously didn't hadn't I posted before I knew I was ill. Yeah. And I think two days later, I got a, a call in the morning on my like land phone i'm going who could that be because i never get calls and then this voice <laughs> says you've been ninja'd and then i'm thinking oh my gosh i said i i just got diagnosed with covid can you just leave it by the door and she goes well i just want to wait to make sure that you get it and i said okay that's fine but just stand back and um she had on a cat mask so i couldn't recognize her and there was a a whole big bag full of stuff and you know i'm crying she's crying you know there was a nice bottle of wine there's a candle that i've been lighting every night uh there was some beer and uh some pombe zero which i didn't know they had some chocolate and she even enclosed a little card and with some cash for ainsley and said get something frivolous for your daughter and I just I thought this woman is amazing and I just like it totally made my day I go you know I've just had the crappiest news and and then someone just shared their heart and it was just so wonderful and they didn't even know that you were sick no nope, like this they was did just not. something they were doing because you know you are the wonderful person that you are well thanks <laughs> yeah and like and I can't wait to ninja somebody back I mean obviously I have to wait until I'm allowed to be out and about but I'm looking forward to that and yeah like people are posting these crazy videos like someone said I must be the only person in BC without a dinosaur costume because there's all these dinosaurs uh like t-rexes delivering baskets and running down the road and hiding behind bushes kind of hard to hide when you're a dinosaur and it's just I, I, I saw one woman, she actually was doing cartwheels in front of this person's house and she was dressed in this green, like, I, I don't know if there was a frog outfit or what but she was like, doing. how can you miss somebody doing cartwheels on your front lawn? You know? I know. And and I thought it's so amazing. And, and a lot of people like uh, people are just really loving giving 
you know, there was one woman said, yeah, I've ninja'd 16 women. So I've put my name back on the list and I go, yeah, you should. Right. And I hope that she gets ninja'd and, you know, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta feel somewhat, uh, comfortable in leaving your address. And I know some people are not on the internet. You're supposed to go in and delete your address after you've been injured. I couldn't even find mine to, to delete. I searched and searched and couldn't find it. You're like, but who, I, who, like who nominated you for this? Who like you? Did you put yourself on, or did so, somebody put you on? No, you have to be invited by somebody, and to the group, and then. But I mean, the group has gotten so big that it's easy to get on, and then they uh, approve you, and then you just write a little blurb about you and you know what you like and because then another uh special needs mama she got ninjaed by i think the same woman because we got some of the similar stuff so which was really cool and then a few days later the one time i leave my a suite because i had to take out the recycling because it was just starting to overflow i go out because i'm just right around the corner from the elevator and the front door i see the cat woman again. I go, uh, you're, you're back. You're, you're doing this again. And, uh, she goes, yeah, it's for your friend. So it's for Mary too upstairs. And she goes, but she's not home. And I said, okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll take it for her. She goes, I said, just give me five minutes. I'll be right back. Cause she wanted to film it. So, um, yeah. So I just thought that was really sweet and, you know, it just totally made my day and I just, felt so thankful and so grateful during this really hard time, you know, and scary time for me. And that I got this really amazing gift. So I just thought it was so thoughtful and so awesome. So having gone through all of this, what do you want people to know about the process and what you should do, you know, if you're feeling a little bit sick i think you know like my workplace they implemented if you are a little bit sick you got to stay home for 10 days and they created a policy because some people don't have a lot of sick time and they said you will still get paid you will just go into a negative bank and i'm not sure what they're going to do after that they'll figure it out but they wanted people to know that they'll still get paid because they wanted people to stay home if they weren't feeling well. And I think that's what's really key is just know yourself. And if you're feeling a little bit off, go get tested. You know, if Ainsley can do the test, anybody can do the test, you know. And I just want to give a little shout out to our, our pediatrician because, you know, right before, like literally right before uh, we were to go in for Ainsley's test. I'm just waiting for the, the call back from the clinic to go in. And our pediatrician called, you know, and I was pretty stressed, right? Thinking of the possibility if Ainsley got it. And she said, you know, Ainsley's in a good place because she has never had any respiratory issues. She's never had pneumonia, RSV, bronchitis, and has never been hospitalized for any of those issues. And she also said, that in the greater, like the lower mainland of Vancouver, that there had been no pediatric respiratory COVID cases. She goes, we've seen a few other things, but Dr. Alley, the COVID doctor reassured like me and says, COVID those are toe thing, I guess. 
Yeah, and it's like an overall body rash. And he said, you'll know. Uh, and he said, those are quite rare. And so I felt so much more at ease. Just like, thank goodness. Like, you know, if Ainsley were to get it, she probably would do okay. Because she doesn't have those respiratory issues that a lot of kids with Down syndrome have. So, and that's really scary. And I know for lots of parents, I've been reading on the forums, like they have been on total lockdown. You know, they're not going anywhere and, and they're not letting their children anywhere. So yeah, it's, it's been a really scary, but eye-opening time. Yeah. So what about your coworkers? Um, they were told by, I think it was the nurse's line actually, that they should isolate for 14 days. And like, I only have to isolate for 10, which, because that's when your symptoms should, um, subside. And I think my symptoms had subsided by about day five or six of onset. And so you're not contagious after that, but you should still isolate for the full 10 days. And it's midnight of that day. So I wasn't really free until yesterday. And, uh, but my coworkers have to isolate for 14 days because that's when the symptoms could show up. And one coworker, you know, I was quite concerned because she has fairly bad asthma and also her husband is immunocompromised. So it would not be good if she got it, but thankfully she tested negative and the other coworker was just told to monitor, um, herself. So and okay. as far as I know, they're they're both doing okay. They're coming off their quarantine, I think, in another day or so. So what's next for you? Well, Ainsley has to quarantine. It's almost for another week. Uh, her Freedom Day will be midnight June 3rd, so technically June 4th. Uh, I call it her emancipation date. <laughs> uh, so we can play it on the grass, and the weather's been not so bad, so that's good. We've been practicing catch and throwing the ball, so that's okay. And, you know, she doesn't mind being inside so much, but it is hard. It is really hard if you, you know, where you can't do what you want to do. Like, I can't, like, for example, I wanted to mail a card to Lisa, who we had on a few weeks ago, um, because you know, her daughter, Sarah, like they're going through a rough patch. So I just also want to give a shout out to her and, you know, everyone just be thinking about her and, but I couldn't even mail the letter. Like the mailbox is across the street, but you are mandated to stay within your property line. So you can't, you can't go beyond that. I can go on the grass and that's as far as I can go. So, you know, I mean, and also they're, they're hoping that you abide by the honor system. And like, I would hope the same of others too, that were sick, that they were also honoring what we have to do to contain it. So it's, yeah, it's just really scary when it hits home like this. Like, I mean, this is what everyone's afraid of. Nobody wants to get COVID. And really most of what we see is very, very negative. Like it's, and scary. It's people on ventilators and how many people are dying and how hospitals in like New York and Italy were being like just overrun. Like they couldn't keep up. Right. My former colleagues are doing their best. Right. You know, and that's, and that's scary. And you don't want to be the person where they have to choose who gets a ventilator. So 
you know, lots Which of fortunately scary... in BC, it's we have plenty of ventilators because we have managed. I think what do we have now? Seven ICU cases. Yeah, very. Yeah, we've managed it because everyone did their part, and I want to yeah. say thank you to I everyone. Think we, I think we only have like four, like thirty hospitalized, and only seven of them are in ICU. And yeah, yeah. I think we're doing fantastic. And, you know, I think everyone really has to be proud of themselves for doing their part by staying home and not being out in the community much and physically distancing themselves. It's hard. Like, I want to hug my friends. Showing respect for the rules. Exactly. Showing respect for the rules and for Dr. Bonnie and, you know, all the people who are trying to keep us safe. And, I mean, we don't necessarily like it, but we know that we have to do it. And yeah, we don't really want to disappoint Dr. Bonnie. No, no, you know, and, and coming from someone who actually was ill, you know, I am so grateful for everyone for, like you said, respecting the rules and doing their part because like, I was a bit scared, like during the course of being ill, like, even though I felt relatively okay after a few days, I go, well, you do hear about people who were doing okay and then had a sudden turn. And, you know, that also concerned me too. Like all of those things start going through your mind. And, you know, like I said before about like just being a single parent, like it's scary. It's really, really scary. I wasn't even that scared about myself, but about all the other things, all, all the other factors like Ainsley and Nona and if Dennis was sick, like just, it was, Yeah. It was really, really scary. Well, I'm glad that you seem to be managing this well. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Though I'm sure there have been tear days. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been tough being at home, and but it's also given me a chance to sort of catch up on some things at home and to work on some things with more with Ainsley. So that's been good in that regard. And you know, to be honest, I was feeling really burned out. And in a kind of a weird way, this has sort of allowed me to take a breather and get some rest. Not really how I well, wanted it to happen, but. You know, as, as we, you know, we joked back and forth about, oh, this time off will give you time to work on the podcast, jokingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't because know the there's... podcast would be about me the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, so, you know, going forward with, you know, our little project here, things might be a little disjointed for a couple of weeks as we try to, you know, help you manage your situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And just everything else going on and also just, oh yeah. And I, I hadn't told you that the retreat was officially canceled. So, oh, well, is that a surprise? No, it wasn't a surprise. And to be honest, before I got sick, I was thinking I probably wouldn't go anyways, just because if with too many people, the risk was too high and then I'd probably have to isolate coming home. And I don't even know if the borders will be open by then anyways. So, and then our, our yearly glamping trip that got canceled too. So I'm really bummed about that, but next year. You can make it up in your backyard. Yeah, kind of hard to tent in the backyard. My front yard, is really. <laughs> well, the street is right there. I don't know. Uh, Not quite the same. Well, and you're on a wildlife belt, too, so. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's just kind of 
yeah, it's kind of sad, you know, all these things that have happened. But you know what? We will get through this, you know, and one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about having COVID, you know, because initially I wasn't too keen on being so open about my current health situation is because, you know, people are terrified of COVID. But I also wanted people to know that to know somebody who actually has COVID and I'm doing okay. And also the reality of it, like, you know, like that we all have to work together to, to really try to conquer this and, and to you know, prevent and, it spread. and to prevent it spread. Right. Like, and just to give people some education on what it, what it was like to have it and kind of how, I felt because, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I went and got tested. I'm so thankful that I did, you know, and it, and it almost didn't happen. So. Okay. Um, not to put you under any pressure, but the next show will be when the next show is. Yes. And you know, we're going to keep going. We still have a few episodes left for this season and we will get through this season and we will try our very best to get them out weekly. I'm not sure if that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Just things but kind you of take, like, you know, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. So like just whatever time, you know, whatever time you need until we can make this happen again. Okay. Right? So, Thank you. and uh, because, you know, I, I think, I think our listeners are going to be fairly understanding that, if we don't have a show next week or the week after that uh, it's, it's not because we don't like you anymore as listeners. It's just that, you know, there are other things that need to be looked after. Yeah. But we'll do our very best. And because I love doing our little podcast, it's really brought me a lot of joy and I really do enjoy doing it. And just, it's just with this curveball, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but we'll do our very best. Okay. Um, why don't you take us on out, and uh, we'll see our listeners when we see when we we'll see our listeners when we see them, so to speak. You, you bet. Thanks for listening to the T Twenty One Mom Podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can drop us a line at our email at info at t twenty one mom dot com, or find me on Facebook, also at t twenty one mom, or on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy twenty one mama. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And like I said, I would just love to hear from you, share your stories, ask questions, tell me how you're doing during this really difficult time. And maybe you, some of you have your own COVID stories. I don't know, but I hope you're all keeping well. We would love to hear them. Yes, we would. And be well, be strong. And as Dr. Bonnie always says, be kind, be calm be safe and we will get through this. It's not forever. It's just for now. So keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. You take care, Mary. Thanks, Ron. Bye for now.